1609, Johannes Kepler published Astronomia Nova, a book containing 10 years of his efforts to understand the orbit of the planet Mars. He was using state-of-the-art astronomical observations from his mentor and employer, Tycho Brahe, who was famous for generating an enormous amount of high-quality data, and he needed to find the best explanation for the motions of Mars, a very tricky problem. Poor Kepler thought that he himself had contributed inadvertently to his mother's arrest. It came about because he had written one of the first works of science fiction. It was intended to explain and popularize science and was called the Somnium, the Dream. We know that occasionally a genius arises and is remembered by others as a person of superb talents or abilities. But if you look at the whole world with four and a half billion people, you finally come to the realization that the human potential is limitless. We not only have a special power within ourselves, but we share the power of all other living things. Therefore, there is no limit to the unfoldment of ourselves if we wish to make a project of growing. More likely, we make a project of complaining. And born into this world under the present conditions, there seems to be a just reason for complaint. The powers administering our material society are not aware either of their own destiny or the purpose for anything else. They live within a very narrow concept of material existence. The world as it is today measures people in terms of time allotment at $5 an hour or $50 an hour or $1,000 an hour. We work according to time patterns. When we can no longer fulfill those labors, we retire and then for a time enjoy or suffer from social security. The real question we are faced with, however, is what ingredients allow or promote this development to happen? This brings us to the issue of nature and nurture. By nature, we are talking about our genes, our genetic heritage that provides both the possibilities and the limits for our development. Our genes, which we inherit from our parents in the form of DNA, are necessary for us to have the possibility of developing any characteristic. We've got a little bit, uh, you can kind of see some rain a little bit. We'll have to work on the rain. Different clouds, and go down into the cloud, or into the cloud. Actually, 
stop burning and become like a regular kind of nightish work. There were three models of the solar system out there at the time, but none of them worked very well for Mars. First, the Ptolemaic system put the Earth at the center, with the Sun and planets orbiting it in perfect circles. There was also Copernicus's heliocentric model, which set the Earth among the planets revolving around the Sun. And finally, Tycho had his own system to propose, which combined aspects of both. He put the Earth at the center with the Sun and Moon orbiting it, but let the other planets orbit the Sun. All three systems relied upon circular orbits, because a circle was accepted as an ideal shape. Copernicus, Tycho, and Galileo all believed that planets should travel along circular paths, but the data just didn't fit. Carrots develop from carrot DNA, and no matter how much a carrot may wish otherwise, it can't develop into an apple, into a fish, or into a human being. Human beings don't share a lot of genes in common with carrots, but we do share a lot of our genes with chimpanzees. And indeed, about 98.5% of our genes are the same as we find in chimpanzees. That 1.5% difference in genes, however, produces quite a big difference in development. A chimpanzee and a human being are pretty different. So our genes are profoundly important for our development. And when it comes to social and emotional development, we can see the dramatic degree of similarity amongst human beings. You might notice that your child has a preference for certain people in their lives. He might have a favorite teacher, neighbor, or a friend. He'll want to tell these people all about things that are important to him, like his family or toys. He's better able to make emotional connections with people around him and notice when someone is happy or sad and wants to hug them if they're upset. This growing ability to be aware of how others feel helps him develop real friendships. He might start expressing a desire to have playmates and interact more with friends. Actually, the individual sort of drifts through this world. He works as much as he has to. He creates debts which he has to pay. He raises a family which he has to educate. And he is bound to a pattern of specialized abilities which he will remain with as long as he lives. He will work so many hours every day. He will complain largely of the fact that his abilities are not recognized, that he is not appreciated, and very often in the family circle that he is not understood. All of these situations constitute the pressures of living. To escape from these pressures, he develops certain side aptitudes. Probably the most important one at the present time is the ability to sit for hours in front of a television set. Anyone who can do this really has a tremendous amount of something, but it is not intelligence. He imagined a journey to the moon with the space travelers standing on the lunar surface, looking up to sea, rotating slowly above them, the lovely planet Griffith. Part of the basis for the charge of witchcraft was that in his dream, Kepler used his mother's spells to leave the earth. But he really believed that one day human beings would launch celestial ships with sails adapted to the breezes of heaven, 
filled with explorers who, he said, would not fear the vastness of space. Instead, Kepler found that another shape, the ellipse, works a lot better. An ellipse is sort of like a flattened circle, and it has some special properties. You can draw one by taking a loose string, attaching both ends to the paper, and using a pencil to keep the string taut while moving all the way around the perimeter. The result is an ellipse. The length of the string never changed, meaning that the sum of the distances between each endpoint or focus and any point on the ellipse is constant. In Astronomia Nova, Kepler states that Mars travels in an elliptical orbit around the Sun, which is at one of the foci of the orbit. Later on, he expanded this first law to include all of the planets and demonstrated that this shape fit the available observations. Even more, we can usually understand why another person is displaying a particular emotion, because we human beings are so similar that we realize that we would fe be feeling similarly if we were in their shoes. So it is, it is our genes that are largely responsible for the tremendous amount of similarity that we see in emotional and social development across human beings. The main emphasis of this talk, however, is about the differences between us in social and emotional development. Because in spite of the vast amount of similarity, differences in social and emotional development matter to us a lot. Some people are very sensitive to the needs of others, treat others with kindness and respect. Some people are quite indifferent to the needs of others and treat others with a callous disregard. Some of us are relatively happy. Some of us are perpetually depressed or distressed. I also want to talk about the emotions that you get. Like we have uh, less than two weeks to go now and you see how much we've gotten done. And I don't know, you start feeling like, um, what do you say, like you feel confident about something and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like this is horrible. And then you feel good again and bad again. It's like a big roller coaster. It wasn't easy to abandon a central idea like that. But with his first law of planetary motion, Kepler rejected circular orbits and showed that an ellipse could better explain the observed motions of Mars. Generalized to all planets, it states that the orbit of a planet follows an ellipse with the sun at one focus. I suppose that time is the most remarkable dimension within which we live throughout our daily experiences in this world. Time vanishes into eternity and beyond the life we live now there will only be occasional embodiments within time dimensions. But these can become very important and uh, necessary to the part of the universal plan to which we belong. The further apart the two foci are, the longer and skinnier the ellipse. And this skinniness parameter is called eccentricity. Comets can have very eccentric orbits, coming in quite close to the sun before traveling back to the outer reaches of the solar system. On the other hand, in a perfect circle, the two foci would lie right on top of each other, right at the center. The orbits of the planets in our solar system are not very eccentric at all. 
They're really very close to circular, which is partly why perfectly round orbits seem like a natural thing to expect in the first place. Oh, is it? He's been looking at it for so long, I don't even know. And everybody's got their own taste, so. There's so much more stuff I want to do um, later, you know, not right now, but I like to make the plants and stuff move and a little bit more uh, liveliness of stuff, but we're not able to do it because of the time restraints. So, yeah, so that's where we are right now. And Ajari still hasn't put any enemies, and that's my fault because I've been working on art. Taking a little longer than I thought, um, but basically, like we have one more week of art. Hopefully, I can get as much. Stuff he speculated as well on the mountains, valleys, craters, climate, and possible inhabitants of the moon. Before Kepler, astronomy had little connection with physical reality. But with Kepler came the idea that a physical force moves the planets in their orbits. He was the first to combine a bold imagination with precise measurements to step out into the cosmos. It changed everything. This, of course, is a profoundly important question for parents and indeed for all of society. If these differences in social and emotional development are in fact dependent on differences in our genes, then the things that we might try to do to affect them are going to be very different than if these differences depend more on differences in our environments. Although some researchers in the field of behavioral genetics interpret their data as indicating that these kinds of differences in social and emotional development are largely due to differences in our genes, the collected scientific research overwhelmingly shows that these differences among us are primarily due to differences in our environments, particularly the environments that we experienced when we were very young. Where this leaves us is with the tremendous opportunity and the tremendous responsibility to provide children with the environments that are most likely to support the kinds of emotional and social development that we say we want. If we actually want our children to be relatively happy, relatively free of anxiety, and to relate to each other easily, and with sensitivity and consideration for others' feelings, then the research provides some very clear direction on how we can make this happen.
Actually, we have escaped. We escaped from the problems of life by viewing imitation replicas of them on the entertainment level. We follow the sports. We try to keep up with the news, but are rather baffled. And at the end of the day, we fall into bed and wait for time to pass so that we can start another day just the same. Now, if this was the real reason for life, there would be abundant reason to suspect that the materialist is right. There is no purpose in anything. As a boy, Kepler had been captured by a vision of cosmic splendor, a harmony of the worlds, which he sought so tirelessly all his life. Harmony in this world eluded him. His three laws of planetary motion represent, we now know, a real harmony of the worlds. But to Kepler, they were only incidental to his quest for a cosmic system based on the perfect solids, a system which, it turns out, existed only in his mind. Yet, from his work, we have found that scientific laws pervade all of nature, that the same rules apply on Earth as in the skies, that we can find a resonance, a harmony, between the way we think and the way the world works. Um, I hope to get at least like a basic outline of walls of the free roaming area. But anyway, so I always want to get to that. We got a, um, a couple uh, family members will probably be joining us for the uh, Sacramento convention trip. So that'll be really fun. But, uh, yeah, I think that's all to talk about right now. Anyway, fun journey. consider the sun as our point of reference, the stars seem to move to the right. Or, if the stars are your reference, you could say that the sun moves to the left, that the sun didn't move as quickly as the stars every night, and lags behind them, like the moon, but much more slowly. Now you see a time-lapse sequence of a whole month of sunsets. The sun is moving against the stars along a particular path. Obviously, unlike the moon, we can't directly see which stars the sun is near, since we can't see any stars when the sun is out. But if we had a star map created by our minds and recorded or devoted to memory by some means, we could map out the path of the sun by relating it to the stars we do see. Hipparchus famously created the first star map, recording the position and magnitude of 1,000 stars in the second century BC. Where this leaves us is with the tremendous opportunity and the tremendous responsibility 
to provide children with the environments that are most likely to support the kinds of emotional and social development that we say we want. If we actually want our children to be relatively happy, relatively free of anxiety, and to relate to each other easily and with sensitivity and consideration for others' feelings, then the research provides some very clear direction on how we can make this happen. This responsibility tells us one very simple truth. Take good care of the body and it will care for you. Abuse it and you will lose it. Now many people do not think through cause and effect that far. The result is we have great numbers of persons every day who are committing an involuntary suicide. They are constantly and not knowingly and intentionally violating the laws of the body. Among these, of course, are the alcoholics, the narcotics addicts, and those who do variously dissipate away the health with which they have been naturally endowed. So the individual with a body for which he is responsible has to learn to discipline his relationships with that body. He can do it as a child growing up under his care. Some of us are quite outgoing socially, being inclined to engage with others when we have a chance. Others of us are quite shy and excited. We feel uncomfortable in social situations and often It's these differences that are usually the, the, the biggest concern. Most of us would prefer that our children develop being relatively happy that they're not prone to persistent anxiety and distress, that they feel good about themselves, that they relate to others comfortably, easily, and with pleasure, and that they're sensitive and responsive to the feelings of these others. So when it comes to these aspects of social and emotional development, what do they depend on? With such a map, it was possible to map out the position of the sun against the stars. The sun's course along the stars forms a circle and returns to its beginning over the course of one year. This path is called the ecliptic, and there are 12 special constellations of stars along this path, the 12 constellations or signs of the zodiac. In case you've ever wondered what your sign is, it means the constellation the sun is in when you were born. When such work was first done in the Mediterranean, the sun was in the constellation Aries on the day of the spring equinox, the start of the year. This name has stuck, and the position on the ecliptic, where the sun is located on the first day of spring, continues to be called the first star of Aries. The position of the sun at the spring equinox actually moves along the ecliptic in a 26,000 year cycle, such that it now occurs in the neighboring constellation Pisces rather than Aries, and it's near Aquarius. So when you look up what sign you are and compare that to where the sun actually appears on your birthday, it is one sign off. This 26,000 year cycle was discovered by Hipparchus. 
So now, back to the motions we observed. The overall motion of the entire heavens, going to the right as we face south, is called the first motion. While the relative motion of the sun and the moon to the left, against the stars, is called the second motion. This second motion, night to night, can only be seen by the mind, not the eyes. Actually, even the first motion of the stars is so slow that you don't really see the stars move very well, unless you're using a telescope or binoculars. Instead, you notice that their position with respect to the horizon or other landmark has changed over the course of the night. Now we'll look for another change in the sky from night to night. person has the inevitable and eternal right to grow, to use the potentials that have been given to him, to make his own decisions about character and life. And the degree that he makes these decisions wisely, he grows. And at the end of an appointed span of 80 years, 75 years, or whatever it may be, he goes forth and nature says that he is a good and faithful servant. The infinite accepts the good into itself as part of itself. And each of us in our own way must make decisions. And the times of the decisions is the leisure time. It's when we can sit down and think things through. It is gradually building a career around a conviction. And whatever that conviction is, once we have it set up, we should keep it. And we will find that keeping it in the long run improves health, saves money, uh, prevents wasted time, and prevents the individual indoctrinating himself in falsehoods and things that are of no value to himself or anyone else. So each one in his own way has to use up time. And the best way to use it is to 
almost forget it exists because we are so busy doing things that are important for each other when we no longer really remember that we are working with time we are probably using it the best because we are then saying to ourselves I know I have I can't I haven't got much more time left for this and then hurrying up a little to get more done anyway we have to uh, really find a proper use for every potential we have every thought that we have comes from a thinking power every emotion from a great feeling power every thought can lead to wisdom every emotion can lead to wisdom and also uh, to affection and uh, understanding every physical condition leads to the improvement of the ability of the body and over all of this is the incentive why should we do these things why should we try why should we uh, aspire to being better the answer is that through a religious experience religious enlightenment and through the contemplation of the universal plan of things as it has been given to us in the great scriptures of the world we become aware of the strong reason why we should grow we realize that it's not just a little decision of our own that actually the problem of growing better every day is a fulfillment of a purpose and that we must fulfill this purpose and failure to do it now simply projects the problem into the future nothing is ever solved except by achieving solution so in our time we should be friendly we should be loving we should take care of the responsibilities we should build firm homes we should be honest in our trades and make weights and measures we should have a good deal of fun along the way good friends kindly associates and we should live in a world which we are making increasingly beautiful by the simple process of releasing beauty through ourselves we may do this in spite of the difficulties of world times in spite the evil pressures of society make it more important that we find the roots and centers within our own nature the condition of the world today as we find it is a tremendous constructive pressure to the individual to become a better person to stand for the principles he believes to work cheerfully in the presence of the discouragements of those around him to never compromise or falter in the realization that in the great plan of things all things work together for good we can help them to achieve that good we can discover it in ourselves and in this way every hour of the day becomes an important element in the unfoldment of the divine plan through ourselves